On this episode of the Breaking the Game podcast, Austin and I are so excited that we get to continue our NBA player tier rankings that we started a month or so back. We get to wrap up this episode. There's no time limit, so we take advantage of this and say, you know, what what do we make of appreciating LeBron James? While we're tired of the MJ versus LeBron comparisons, while we're tired of which era is best conversations, while we're tired of the weighted ring discussion, we talk a little bit more about advanced statistics and the way that that's going. And we just get to hang out and talk basketball with you guys for a little bit longer than what we have been lately. It felt good for us. Hopefully you guys are appreciative of it. And this you know, introduction is a little bit of a representation of what this episode is. It's just guys talking basketball. And as always, we come at you informed and educated and look to get, teach you guys something maybe you, you weren't aware of prior to. You're not going to want to miss this episode. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Breaking the Game podcast bonus content episode. Yeah. How are we doing, man? I'm good. I'm excited about this bonus content. You know, we just got done. Uh, we just got done on here a little bit ago, and we're back at it again. We're gonna bring the people some some extra stuff tonight. So I'm excited. That's right, man. We we hit the bathroom not together. Obviously, we don't we no. don't even live in the same state. So whatever whatever anybody was thinking, it ain't <laughs> like that. Right. <laughs> but um, we we separately at the same time went to the restroom and uh, you know, got some refreshments and we were back yes, at we it because we've had so much happen over the past couple months, right, Austin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've just been so busy lately. You know, joining the Dash Radio and bringing on Lee to do our you know draft recaps and having other guests to do you know season you know updates off-season updates and our season preview show but we wanted to make sure and finish off our tiers our rating system our list of you know our top players in the nba so we wanted to bring that to you guys tonight we figured we had a little time to get it done we might as well get it out there for everybody before the season starts so that's right good time we wanted so much to try to put this on um you know now that we're on dash radio austin we talked about this, you know, we deliberated, you know, the, the court was in session for a little bit, but mm-hmm. we, we decided that it's important that we finish this project because one, we started it. We don't like to, you know, not finish projects that we put mm-hmm. in because we, we put, we both put in a lot of time, effort and energy into this. And we got through, you know, three, four tiers and we still have four more tiers that we want to bang out. We want to give this out for the people who listen and enjoy that. We got a lot of positive feedback on that. And mm-hmm. it just so happens that we're at tier four for both of us, which are the bigger names. And this works out perfectly, Austin, because ESPN right. just put out their top 100. We didn't agree with that collectively as a network at Off the Ball Network. And right. we're going to go ahead and get into our tiers and talk about who rightfully should be where. We're not going to break this down numerically, so to speak, like ESPN did. Tiers are a lot easier, Austin. Why do you mm-hmm. like tiers over, you know, breaking it down numerically? Well, it just it kind of eliminates the the back and forth and the the little annoying arguments about does this guy 18th or 19th or you know it kind of just lumps everybody into a category of you know this is kind of how you can grade these guys like so you know the last 
time we did this, my last year was high end starters, you know, so that's a pretty easy grouping of guys. You can, you can look at it and say, okay, these guys should be, you know, they're starting on every team in the NBA. They should be, you know, a pretty big time contributor. And I think it just kind of tells you a little bit more about, you know, that group as a whole, more so than arguing, you know, oh, is Paul George 25th or 26th in the NBA? You know, something like that, just for example. So I, I like the I like the tiers a lot. I did rank them by numbers, but uh, the the tiers are the tiers are the way we're going with it, and that's how we're doing it here. I like the tiers. The tiers we didn't are even good. Name man. our tiers the same thing. So we didn't, and I, because we wanted to roughly keep the same amount of players, that way you didn't talk about 300 guys and I talked about 50 or vice versa. You know, right. we wanted to keep roughly the same amount of players, but we wanted to see how Austin you evaluate the game of basketball, how mm-hmm. I evaluate the game of basketball, and how our viewers and listeners, you know, agree, disagree with how we do it as well, right? But We worked it out. We're both at the same number of tiers. I think I have 10 players left remaining. I have roughly 39 players. How many do you have, Austin? I have 29 players left in my my four tiers that we have remaining. Right. So, and, And we're at the sexy names. We're at the names that are, you know, like, the guys who aren't NBA nerds like we are, like your your average person or your actual casual, you know, um, NBA fan are going to be able to identify on this list. You should. You, you should. If you claim to be an NBA fan, you should certainly know who these guys are. Austin, do you want me to start or do you want to go ahead and start? Why don't you go ahead and uh, start us off, Stephen? Let's hear what you got for your uh, your t- la- your next tier. All right. Well, so my tiers, um, and, and just to kind of let people know what my my last tier was, that way they can kind of see the progression of the naming system that I developed. Uh, I went with demi stars on this one. The one prior to that were super starters, right? And I'll just go ahead and give the name of my third tier so this name makes sense. Tier three was stars. Tier five or super starters. If those tiers had a baby, they would be demi stars. Like that's how I look at this, right? So um, under demi stars, man, I had a tough time trying to draw a line. But again, the reason I like tiers, Austin, is that you don't have that bickering comment where, you know, this guy should be above this guy. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's fine. I have them all in the same tier. They roughly Mm -hmm. give you the same skill set what have you. So that's why I went with this, but underneath Demi stars, I have Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Kristaps Porzingis, Trey young, Pascal Siakam, Bradley bill, Brandon Ingram, Russell Westbrook, Jalen Brown, Kimball Walker, CJ McCollum, DeMar DeRozan, TJ Warren, Kyle Lowry, Drew holiday, Chris Middleton, Shea Gillis Alexander, Carl Anthony Towns, Paul George, Clay Thompson, D'Angelo Russell, and Jamal Murray. Austin, those are the guys that I have. Again, there is no numerical order to this. I just kind of lumped them in there. I researched them all in a different order. So it's not that I let off with Devin Booker. I don't you know, necessarily think that he is better than Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, maybe I do, but like that wasn't my thought process and why I did it. Right. And, you know, you have a, a lot of guys in this tier where, you know, we're going to be overlapping quite a bit. I, I heard quite a few names that I've that I have on my list as well. So, you know, that's that's interesting to see. Um, I actually several guys, too, though, I had a tier lower in the last year. We did my high end starters, guys like Bradley Beal, Jamal Murray, you know, Donovan Mitchell. But they're right right there. Pascal Siakam, you know, uh, I feel like a high end starter and a demi star are, are, are pretty fairly you know, easily, easy to compare. Um, my, my tier four is called all-stars 
and I'll just go ahead and uh, read mine off for you guys, and then we can kind of compare. I had Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Ja Morant, Blake Griffin, Devin Booker, Nikola Vucevic, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, DeMontis Sabonis, Trey Young, and Carl Anthony Towns. So, yeah, much shorter field than than what mm-hmm. I had. Um, so your thoughts on Shea Gilgis, Gilgis Alexander, because this is a guy that I have as a demi-star, Austin, and I think a little bit of projection went into why – well, I actually know that a little bit of projection went into why I had him where I have him, right, because mm-hmm. Chris Paul is gone. Dennis Schroeder is gone. You know, even Billy Donovan is gone. So we're going to see a completely different system now with, um, you know, Diagnault being the head coach there. I'm glad that I remembered his name off the top there of my head. Go. That's Mark Diagnault. For those who don't know that he is the, the new Oklahoma City head coach. So a little bit of a new system, definitely a new lineup. You're not going to have that three guard rotation that we were used to seeing. I think that he's going to benefit from one playing underneath Chris Paul for a season, like mm-hmm. a lot of other NBA guards do for their short time with them. And obviously, his usage rate is going to go up, the amount of responsibility that he has, so on and so forth. What are your thoughts about Shea? Definitely. Well, you know, you kind of – you called this one a while ago. You were you were the one saying you you figured that those guys, you know, uh, Schroeder and Chris Paul would be out of there. I kind of figured one of the two would leave. I didn't think they'd get rid of both of them. Uh, but, you know, you proved me wrong. You hit the nail on the head. I had him down a couple at capable starters. But seeing now, like you said, the the usage is going to go up. The opportunity is going to be there for him to be the guy on that team, pretty much. So, um, you know, I, I like where you put him. If if I had to redo my list, he would definitely move up uh, at least one tier. Um, but you know, no arguments here for me on that. I, I think I think you you know you hit the nail on the head with just the like you said the the amount of opportunity he's going to have with that team. So I think it's a young team with a young coach. He's a young up and coming star player. And, you know, I, I like where you have him for sure. Excellent. Well, who's the guy that you're incredibly high on where you place them in this, in this lineup? Is there a guy that just, you, you know, for a fact that this is the the tier that this guy plays in? Um, well, you know, I, I took some, some, some risks with my all-star naming the, uh, the tier all-stars because, you know, I put a, a, a decent amount of guys in here that have never been all-stars. You know, Zion Williamson, I, is he going to be an all-star NBA player? More than likely, unless he has a lot of injury problems. You know, um, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin's somebody that I have in this tier that is is I'm pretty high on. I think, I think we saw the best Blake Griffin that we've seen yet two years ago before he got injured. And, and if he can come back, you know, at the very least, they've got a big time trade chip there. I think that they can get some value with in Detroit. Um, so those are two guys. Um, Trey young has yet to be an all-star. Has Devin Booker made an all-star team yet? Uh, that is a good question. I don't believe that he has. I don't think uh, he if has. so. I think that he may have been a rotation. Like he may have been like a, like an injury replacement this yeah. season. If so, you know, there, let me look there, that up while you're talking about him for sure. So, you know, there's a few guys on here that maybe haven't been all stars yet or haven't quite played up to that caliber. But I do think that all of these guys are capable. Yes, he of, made one all star. Yes. One all-star team. OK, mm-hmm. so he is on that list already. But, you know, Sabonis just made the all star team last year. Um, like I said, John Moran has yet to make an all-star team, but he's going to be there. Zion Williamson is going to be there, whether or not it's this season, I don't know, but you know, they're both, they both seem to be kind of, you know, generational talents at their positions. So, um, you know, those are a couple of the guys that I just kind of, 
I threw in there, even though they hadn't made the all-star team yet. And I just felt like, you know, I couldn't put them any lower. Uh, Brandon Ingram was kind of like the base for, for this tier for me. Not, not really, you know, I didn't really go by the rating system by numbers, but uh, he was kind of like the low end. Whereas, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young, I, I almost moved Trey Young into the next, into the next, uh, tier we're going to get to i floated with that as well yeah i'm pretty high on trey young i think he's i think he's poised to have a great great year this year absolutely now did you have a guy that you put in here solely based on how they did in the playoffs this season was there a guy that like jumped off in the playoffs that kind of definitively said yep this guy belongs to be in my tier four um you know, not not really. Vucevic, maybe. Nikola Vucevic would probably be the one that if I had to pick one, I would say, you know, he kind of really showed me some stuff in the bubble and and in that first round loss to the to the uh, Bucks. Um, you know, I have him in my fourth tier. I, I like him a lot. He he surprised me a little bit. But uh, looking at this list, actually, well, the majority of these guys weren't on playoff teams. So Sabonis is, I think, the only other Sabonis and Westbrook might be the only other two that even played in the playoffs because Devin Booker didn't make it. Blake Griffin was hurt. John Morant's team, we saw what happened to them. You know, Zion, they treated like he was made out of glass. Yeah. You know, Carl Anthony Towns team didn't make the playoffs. So bonus was hurt. Uh, Kyrie Irving was hurt. So really Vucevic and Westbrook were the only two guys that I have in this list whose teams really even were in the playoffs. So, um, you know, Vucevic definitely showed me some stuff in the bubble that I, I didn't expect to see. I knew he was a good player. I'd always kind of been fairly high on him, but I think definitely where I have him is maybe a little bit higher than a lot of people have ranked him. And I know for sure he's a lot higher on my list than he is on ESPN's list. So yeah. that, was, that was one that he he kind of snuck in there just – based off of, you know, what have you done for me lately, kind of. Okay, that's fair. Um, was there anybody on my list that kind of stood out to you that we haven't brought up? Um, n- not really. Like I said, the majority of your, of your guys, you know, I had Pascal Siakam, I had Donovan Mitchell, I had Bradley Beal, I had CJ McCollum, all and Jamal Murray, all right on the, the cusp at the last of the last uh, tier we did. So, you know, I, I, I don't know that there's really anybody else that we needed to cover too much on this one. Okay, fair enough. All right. Um, the next tier that we had, Austin, tier three for the both of us. What did you decide to name your tier? What's kind of your reasoning for that? And then if you want, you can go ahead and unveil the guys that you had there. Yeah. Yeah. So I named tier three uh, all NBA level um, players, basically because I'm at, you know, about 18 players left and there's three all NBA teams. So, you know, any of these 18 guys and, and really there's a few more that could be on this list too, that could have moved up are, are guys that I think stand a good chance of making the all NBA teams this year. And I'll, I'll just run through who I have in this part of my, in, in this tier, I've got uh, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, Joel Embiid, Bam Adebayo, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and Chris Middleton. I think Chris Middleton might be one that you and I have a little bit different on our list. Yeah, he was um, in my tier four. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like I had him way far out. I, I right. don't agree, though, that he is a uh, – I don't look at him at, in that light, but, I mean, mm-hmm. it's certainly hard to argue with this past season kind of yeah. being that one outlying year where he certainly mm-hmm. made that leap, right? But he's been, a, he's been a, a terrific shooter for a long time, and he did make a leap last year correct, for sure. Yeah. And I think we saw some some – issues in the bubble with 
you know, Giannis bringing the ball down. I've talked about it. You know, I've harped on it a lot. I think that offense looked better when Chris Middleton was kind of running the show a little bit and it was flowing through him a little bit better than it was with Giannis. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that this year. But I mean, he came like 0.3% off of a 50, 40, 90 season, you know, scoring over 20 points a game. You know, I think it, anybody else, it's just he's his game's not real sexy. He doesn't yeah. really do anything that's really you know, going to wow you or going to, you know, make you jump off your seat or, or get up off your feet. But, but he's going to make a lot of shots. He's going to score a decent amount of points. And I, I think he's, you know, squarely in the mix for that third team all NBA this year, if he plays like he did last year. Yeah. I'm kind of curious to see how, what that dynamic looks like this year with adding a drew holiday, which is basically that same level of support player in my opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's going to impact where he, you know, because we made this list before the free agent acquisition. So looking back at that, you do you still think that he's in that tier? I it, it may it may, you know, affect him a little bit, but ultimately, you know, I don't think the usage at least is gonna go up a ton from what it did with Eric Bledsoe and George Hill to uh, uh, Drew Holiday. I do think maybe a little more efficient than Eric Bledsoe, but I don't know that he's going to take a, a whole lot of shots out of Chris Middleton's hands. Um, he's he's like you said, he's a support player. He's not really a guy that you expect to kind of lead the offense or, or take a big chunk of those shots away from him. I think if anything, you know, he may struggle a little bit from not having a, a legitimate true point guard kind of setting him up, but. Giannis brought the ball down so much anyway that I don't know that that's even really going to affect him that much. I'm interested to hear what you think about Rudy Gobert, where I have him. I have him pretty high. Um, you, yeah, you do. I have him as a super starter, um, mm -hmm. which was tier five for me, right? So just a couple right. tiers down. And we also kind of did a little preliminary discussion on our, our top NBA 100, kind of in response to what ESPN just released. Mm -hmm. My biggest problem with Gobert is that he cannot create offense for himself at all. Like he he just cannot do it, right? He's we've seen him get played off the floor. He's gotten a lot better and I actually did have him as my defensive player of the year. Um front runner, right? Because he does affect he can switch on the guards, he can run them out there, but ideally that's not the the biggest part of his game. They run a lot of drop coverage in their defensive schemes there. So, when you're looking at at that aspect of Rudy Gobert's game, he is just he's not a guy that can create for for himself and certainly not for others on the offensive end as great as a defensive player i think that he is you know no handle he, again no post game and he's a post guy right like he's basically a lob threat and a and a great screen setter so he he doesn't even they don't even run any offense through him like in the high pick and like a high elbow type situations or anything that's why i have him so low I certainly appreciate what you value in him as a defensive anchor and as one of the best defenders in the NBA. I love defense. Like, if that was the biggest criteria, I would have Marcus Smart much higher in my, you know, because I'm smitten with him, right? So right. I just, I, I, I get the idea of why you have him this high. Yeah. And, you know, he, this is a case where the advanced numbers just really are really in his favor. You know, his, his traditional stats aren't, aren't probably good enough to be where I have him. I think top 15, um, you know, 15 points a game is, is good, but it's not otherworldly. You know, he does tend to be right at the top in field goal percentage in the entire league every year. 
Uh, actually, so those not, dunks, right? Yeah, not last year, but the year before, he actually led the NBA in effective field goal percentage. But it's an interesting case because his effective field goal percentage and his actual field goal percentage were identical because he doesn't take threes. So you know that's that's kind of what that what that means. Um, offensively, he has gotten better. He's just his on off numbers basically when he's on the court versus when he's not on the court are just are crazy for for this jazz team like they're such uh they're on another level defensively when he's in there versus when he's not and that's that's something that i kind of took into account a lot here that and another advanced stat i kind of like it's wind shares offensive and defensive wind shares oh you like the wind shares yeah he was uh he was really high on defensive wind shares like you would expect but i i believe i'm trying to find the actual um the leader, the leaderboard, but he's at six point seven offensive win shares, which I I know is like top ten in the NBA. So offensively, somehow, you know, by these advanced numbers, I don't pretend to understand all of it to a T. But you know, all of the advanced numbers say that he's better offensively than we see on the court, and he's obviously elite, elite, top level defender. Um, you know, on the defensive end. So that's you know that was this was a case where. Maybe a little bit of the eye test doesn't pass, whereas the numbers kind of do. I think um, a lot of that, too, to the point that you're bringing up. I know that a lot of these advanced stats, field goal percentage plays a heavy dose in that, right? So because he is a beneficiary, of, I mean, his usage rate is extremely low. I mean, like offensively, mm-hmm. it's extremely low. Uh, I look at win shares as kind of like a uh, almost at the same light as a plus minus. Long term, I don't value the plus minus stats at all. But like in the in the flow of a game, I think that that does have a good telltale on how they did for the night. Like the individual game plus minus doesn't it, it gives you a better representation of the player overall because what all of those stats have in common is that it's affected by the players that you have around you, right? So like Rudy Gobert, because he is such a, a dynamo on the defensive end, he they can get away with putting out a couple of, def, you know, defensive deficient guards and forwards, so to speak on there. And he can make up for that. You know, he's what our buddy couch coach likes to say. He's the deodorant on that defense. You know, there he you just go. makes up for a lack of, you know, other attributes that players just don't have. And so they can put in these offensive minded guys around him. And they, that offense kind of acts as the deodorant for all these advanced numbers that we see with Rudy Gobert, which you brought up when we watch him play, we know that like he's gotten better. You know, he used to be a zero on the offensive end. Now he is probably about league average whenever you consider the entire, the league in its entirety and his ability to score at an NBA level. It's probably about average at his position. Yeah. And one of the the big things, like I said earlier, is his on off numbers. That's something that I really like to look at. It's it's more of a a, an easier way to kind of tell the actual game by game um, value that impact. Yeah. Impact that they have on on their team. And when he's not on the court, Utah gets outscored by five points per hundred possessions. Well, their backup on the centers have been awful. Their backup yeah. centers have been awful. So maybe, maybe as a book, he's not that bad of a pick for them. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, but when he is on the court, they're plus six. So they're, it's an 11 points per 100 possession difference. That's, that doesn't sound like much, but that's huge. Yeah. Like that's, a, a, that's a huge swing. That's basically saying without him, 
they're predicted to lose more often than not. And with him, they're predicted to win more often than not. So that's, that's, that's his kind defense, of, right? Like that's yeah. that defense coming yeah. through. And exactly. And it's just, you know, that I took that into account big time when I put him as high as I did. So and I, I, know and a I lot of, definitely respect that because I, I'm a big defensive guy too. So yeah. I, I definitely appreciate that. Awesome. Well, yep. let's go ahead and let people hear your list before we just talk too much about mine. No, that's okay. I, I I like talking about Rudy Gobert. He's kind of a, he's like the, he's the most <laughs> polarizing guy, but the least popular polarizing guy, if that right. makes sense. Like, yeah. he's the guy that like no one really talks about because mm-hmm. they just love his defense. And he's, you know, a seven foot French guy who doesn't love a seven foot French guy. So right. my tier three, I named stars, right? I mentioned that earlier because if they had a baby with the super starters at tier five, they would make tier four demi stars, right? So, under that stars tier, um, if you're ready, just to kind of compare your list, I have Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Chris Paul, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Zion Williams, Williamson, excuse me, and John Morant. And before I let you grill me, I just want to let you know, um, I actually had it pinned in my list, and originally I had Jason Tatum. Zion and Ja Morant under the next tier, but I just I have a hard time believing that the progression that they aren't at least stars in this league next season, Austin. Yeah, you know, I, I can't really disagree with anything that you said there. I, I have several of those guys on my list. You know, I think Ja Morant and um Zion were a couple guys that I had at the next tier down that could easily jump into this this level too. You know, Zion, for all we know, if he plays a whole season, could be an MVP candidate. I mean, yeah. who knows? I mean, he, he may be that good already. We could he, be undervaluing him here, right? Exactly. You know, he didn't play a lot, but that wasn't necessarily any fault of his. He was just hurt. And then they, you know, they didn't really give him a chance to get going after that. Um, Jason Tatum is one that I love to hear that you have this high. Uh, I almost moved him up to my next tier. I, I had a, <laughs> flirted with it too, man, to be honest, because I, I think he's going to kind of take a leap this year. I was listening to a lot of NBA radio, you know, Tim Legler has him in his top three projected to win the MVP this year. Um, so, you know, other guys that, that follow the NBA and that have played in the league are high on him too. Legs you know, can gets, be a little bit bold with his predictions, mm-hmm. though. He can, he can for sure. But uh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's how you make a name for yourself a little bit. And uh, you know, Jason Tatum, he he's one of these guys that has gotten better year in and year out. You know, he did have a little bit of a sophomore slump, but he he went back to the drawing and board. Year, you know, right. yeah, and you know, he went back to the drawing board, and he. He's one of these guys you see every year has has more moves in his arsenal. He's added to his game. Um, I'm excited to see what Ben Simmons does with Doc. You know, Doc's the yeah. first coach he's had that hasn't been in his ear telling him, "Hey, you need to shoot threes. You need to shoot threes. You need to shoot threes. You know, he's and it saying a runner pick and roll this season, right? Like- right. <laughs> and you know, I saw a pretty I saw a pretty interesting um, quote about Ben Simmons. Is you know, everybody's talking about the James Harden going to Philly trade. Well. Yeah. Ben Simmons is under 25 and he's an all NBA player, you know, right. NBA teams don't get rid of those guys. And I don't see any world where they're willing to part with Ben Simmons for, for uh, James Harden. And I don't think they should, um, you know, Kevin Durant, I have in this group, I actually have Kawhi Leonard a little bit higher than you. I have him in my next category, but, with you know, but you know, I also feel like leadership is a big part of this and it's a big part of being the guy. And, and, he he doesn't seem to have that that 
piece of the equation. You know, we've, we've heard from his former coaches that he's not really a leader. We've heard from his teammates that he's not really a leader. And it's funny to me to see that, you know, it's kind of seeming like Paul George is trying to take that leadership spot in, in LA with the Clippers. And I just, I don't know. It feels forced. Every time they talk, he talks about it. It just feels like he's, he's trying to say the right things and he's trying to give the right message. And he just, it doesn't seem genuine. I don't know, but Kawhi's one that I had up a little bit higher. And I think Zion and Ja are a couple that I had a little bit lower. So nothing That's too big fine. on your list again. So Bam Adebayo as a star, are we buying that? <laughs> I have him at that level. I have him, you know, in between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, honestly, on my on my ratings. If, if we're going to go, you know, space by space, I think Bam Adebayo is a, is going to take another step. If anything, I don't, I don't think we're going to see a regression by any any stretch of the imagination. I kind of think they've just scratched the surface of what he can be. Um, you know, I, I think first team all NBA in, a, in the next couple of years is something that he should, he should be probably shooting for. And we saw, he just got, he just got the same kind of extension that guys like Jason Tatum and, and you know, Brandon Ingram are getting. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously Miami has faith in him and, you know, like we always say, if Miami thinks they're going to be good, they're probably going to be good. You know, usually they tend to pick the right guys. Um, they have their so, outliers, you know, Dion Waiters, mm-hmm. Hassan yeah. Whiteside. You know, every once in a while they kind of take a. I risk. don't know. Hassan Whiteside was pretty good for a while. The game just kind of passed him up, like overnight. You know what I mean? It just seemed like all of a sudden the the big shot blocking centers like him that aren't really, you know, floor spacers at all, kind of just went by the wayside real quick. Because once upon a time he was a max contract guy. You know, yeah, kind of so, that brand, or excuse me, that Roy Hibbert aspect, right? Yeah, and you know, Joel Embiid is another one that I, I, people give so much grief over uh, Joel yeah. Embiid and talk about how out of shape he is and how he doesn't care. Like people the don't dominate my mind. Yeah, people don't dominate in the NBA if they don't care. It just doesn't happen. You know, they said that about Shaquille O'Neal too, and I never understood it then either. Like, so you're telling me he needs to be more focused than the guy that just won three straight NBA titles. You know, like they would just always say, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know. So I will Joel say Embiid. That, yeah, if you look at how he did the year prior, he averaged 27 and a half points and 13 point, you know, 13 and a half rebounds. This season, you know, he played actually four minutes less per game, which is probably why, right? But he, mm-hmm. o- I say only averaged 23 points and 11 and a half rebounds. Yeah you know, and his block numbers went down. So compared to the year prior, he did take a step back, but he also played less. And mm-hmm. that was, I, I said it before the season started, that Philadelphia team was not built for any sort of real logical success. Right. You know, the Lakers were a team that got big. They went big. They kind of had, you know, everybody else went small. The Lakers kind of went big. Well, that kind of seems like what Phil, Philadelphia was trying to do, but they had no force spacing at all. You know, it they helps when you have like the best player in the league and right. uh, another top five guy right. on your that team. Does help. That does help. And, you know, I think with a little bit of a little bit of work and, and maybe, you know, just maybe having Doc's voice in the locker room instead of, instead of Brett Brown for all these years, will kind of, you know, light a fire under him a little bit. I, I don't necessarily believe that Doc is the type of coach that worries about lighting a fire under guys. He doesn't seem like he's a, a real rah-rah type of guy. I think he's just... Then why is his you know, voice always so hoarse? Like, if he's not a rah-rah guy, like, he has no excuse to not be able to speak. True, true. I, I do think he yells a lot. I just, I don't know that he's much of a... 
you know, a motivational a speaker. Passionate type yeller. Coach, you know? just, yeah, I think he just is always, always yelling on the sideline. I think a lot. There's coaches that are just like that. Um, and you know, too, part of it's just his voice. I mean, even when he can talk, his voice is a little bit scratchy. Uh, kind of like that dim, the Kimbe Matumbo type. Yeah, maybe a little bit like that. And I don't know, Matumbo's got a pretty legendary voice, but uh, yeah, it's like the Cookie Monster, right? So yes, exactly. <laughs> but you know, everybody that you have on in this in your tier here, I I have either in this tier or at the very bottom of the next tier or at the very top of the tier before it. So you know, Chris Paul is one that's on our on both our tiers that we didn't really talk about. Um, you know, I know you're high on Chris Paul. I love Chris Paul. I love him um, too, man. He's another he's another guy that, um, you know. Going back to what we did with uh, with Jurgen a couple episodes ago, um, you know he did his article comparing hockey players to wrestlers. Shout out to Jurgen, can... by the way, Jurgen, right. if you're watching. There you go. Up, there you go. I think if you compare basketball players to wrestlers, Chris Paul is like a Chris Jericho, if you ask me. Ooh, you know, I like he, it. He is good everywhere he goes. He's one of the guys, but he's never really the guy. You know, he's never very won a title. Confident in his abilities, exactly. Very confident everywhere Jericho he goes. Has won his fair share of titles. The first true, ever, true. you know, uni like the what was it? Uni what, unified unified Oh, I know. I just mean, you know, he even when we were talking about, you know, the goat of wrestling, we we he kind of gets overlooked and Chris Paul kind of gets overlooked in those talks of who the very best players in the league is are. And he, you know, he's a top for me, he's a top five or at, at most six point guard of all time, you know? So I like Chris Paul a lot. I, I had a hard time not putting him up a little bit higher, but I do think that when you see the name of my next tier, you'll see why I didn't put him up any higher. And I'm interested. Did you have Kevin Durant in this list? Uh, at first, when I pinned him in, I had him in this list, but I bumped him up one. And okay. do you want to? Well, let's just go ahead and transition to the next yeah. one. Go right uh, ahead. Uh, I I made this tier. I named it uh, MVPs. I have eight candidates: um, mm -hmm. Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Dame Lillard, Anthony Davis, and then the last one that I etched in. I pinned him out. Of, you know, I scratched him out of the tier below stars. Wrote him in for MVPs. Tonight in this preseason game, I don't know if you caught any glimpses, but he, okay. I mean, it's preseason, so, you know, grain of salt, you know, recommended here. He looked like he was still able to do a little something, something on the court. So, yeah, um, Kevin Durant in the in the eight MVPs that I have listed here. Okay, very nice, very nice. He's actually uh, the last guy on my all-NBA level that didn't make the cut for. We actually, believe it or not, everybody, have named this tier the same. I have MVPs mm -hmm. as well for this tier. We didn't set that up or anything. It's just how it went. And it's pretty much identical to your list. I've got Dame Lillard, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, James Harden, Anthony Davis, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, you um, just added um, Kawhi and took out KD. It's like that was yeah. literally the only difference. Yep. And, you know, you can make a good argument for either of those guys. And KD did look good tonight. You know, he looked a little – he looked pretty explosive. His, his first uh, – his first points were a dunk. So, you know, he, he got up pretty nice and pretty easy for that. He looked, when you're seven he feet looked tall. yeah, he looked quick though. You know, he did look fairly quick. So absolutely. It was, it was nice to see him out there. You know, I think Steph Curry got his first run a little bit tonight too. Um, you know, the preseason he's, he's back. And I think the Lakers and the Clippers are actually playing right now, aren't they? Uh, that I do not know. I don't want to. Yes, they are. It's the Lakers are beating the Clippers nine to three right now. So, 
We've also and got without uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I don't right. know who's not playing for the Clippers, but I know right. that those two are not playing for the Lakers. We've got a battle in the Eastern Conference. The Knicks and the Pistons are knotted up at 69 with two minutes to go in the third. A battle and, for the bottom of the East. Right. And the Rockets and the Bulls are currently playing right now. The Bulls are down 41 to 35 in the second quarter. The, the Hawks beat the, Mag- the teams that were dominant in the middle of the 90s. Right, the 90s teams. And then the games that are already over, the Nets beat the Wizards 119-114, to 114, and the Hawks beat the Magic 116-107. to 107. So I would there's your little, to watch that game, yeah. There's your little preseason update for everybody if you're watching us live or if you read listen to this later. That's that's what's currently going on as we're going through our tiers. Oh, um, you know what this means. He heard my comment on there, and we just talked about uh-oh. this guy earlier. Uh-oh. You know what happens when Uh-oh. you say something bad about the Knicks. You know what happens, Steven. It's coming. Oh, boy. I'm biting my nails. <laughs> I'm waiting to see if he does it. I know he's watching. Yep. Well, we'll we'll keep going, and if he does, he does. And, yes. and if he does, RIP, and I'll miss you, but I'll, I'll move on without you. I, I, you, I mean, wow, Alex, so, I think that hurts more than what's coming from Chris. I'll but. have a ten, 10 seconds of silence to commemorate you, and then we'll move on. Wow. Um, so who's your top three for MVP since we're talking about MVPs right now? Who you got as your top three? The My top three for the MVPs, well, I don't want to do that yet because we have – and uh mo it's coming let's just go ahead and do this right since yep. all right so mo i hope you're listening chris i hope you're listening uh before you fire me let me just say this um <laughs> our tier one which we didn't reveal yet was a tier that just consisted of one player for the both of us right austin yep mine's goat status and i think yours is king of the world king of the world who's that LeBron James. And there's King. That's yeah. LeBron James. Man, yep. man, man's alone. And this I, I'm a guy that has grown up to be extremely critical of LeBron James. Almost everything that he did, I criticized and made an argument against it. And it's just it's just no way to live life, man. I'm just so tired of the weighted ring discussions. I'm just so tired of the LeBron James versus mm-hmm. you know MJ stuff. Uh, you know, shout out to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who I don't think it's enough credit for what he yeah. did in the league, by the way. But um, you know, Mo just says, "Ah, now we're talking, right?" So uh, mm-hmm. anyway, back to Chris. You know what that means? I know it's coming. I don't think it's that you have any gifts on here, by the way. But I mean, if you can, no, shout but, out and right, if he figures it out, you know, he'll do it. Yes, exactly. So Austin, King of the World, LeBron James. I mean. What's he like? Thirty six, you know, about thirty seven. Year eighteen. Year eighteen. You know, we talked about this with Shannon Walsh on our last episode. Who you know, she's the department lead for the NBA side of, uh, you know, Belly Up Sports. Shout we, out we, Shannon. Shout out Shannon. Thanks for everything that you did for us. You know, looking mm-hmm. forward to have you again if you're watching. Appreciate you, or listening. Appreciate you. But um. <sighs> Everybody criticized. Uh, hang on a second. Steven, to hear you say that about LeBron, I'm astonished. Mo, we've talked about this so much, man. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and here, hang on a second. I want to um I want to do something real quick, Austin. Okay. Just go ahead and kill some kill some time for sure. So I will give my top three for MVP since I asked you. I actually have finishing third, uh Giannis Atenakumbo. I think he's or I'm sorry, not Giannis, not Giannis, Luka Doncic. I have Luka Doncic as my number three for MVP candidates. Sorry, I was looking at the list and read it backwards. 
Um, two, I have LeBron James. I just think, you know, he's going to be kind of hell bent on getting one more MVP, but I actually have Steph Curry as my MVP pick for the year. And now this was a pick that I made way back before any of the injury to Clay Thompson or any of the other things that happened. But you know, if Steph can single-handedly kind of keep this team in the, in the top three or four in the West, I think he's, he's got the comeback storyline. He's got, you know, he's won it before which a lot of times is a, is a good, you know, precursor to, to MVP, you know, winners. They tend to have, you know, at this point in his career, he's not going to win his first, but he's already won two. So he could very easily win it again. I think he's got the good storyline. I think he's, his team is going to be good enough. Um, you know, Luca in third, the one thing that I, I kind of think about him is, are they going to win enough to, to propel him into the, the real MVP talk? Because, Without you know KP playing and being healthy all year, I'm not sure how how well they're going to do. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs for sure. I think they're going to be a top five team in the West. But I think to be an MVP candidate, he would have to get them in the top two or three. And I just don't know if as a team they're quite there yet. So my, well, we my talked top- about this now. Hold up, now we we brought this up. Kobe is mm-hmm. going to play a big part of you know this the way true. that the conference standings are going to go in Texas. They they're up there as far as like total count because of how big of a state they are. But if you look at mm-hmm. their per one hundred thousand, they're not even top in as far as that category goes. So right. Dallas even and they lost KP, but they also are bringing back Dwight Powell. I know that that's mm-hmm. not the sexiest of names, but the fact that they still have a good rotation of bigs, mm-hmm. I, th- I think is going to end. They got Josh Richardson instead of Steph Cur- or Seth Curry, excuse me. So maybe defensively they're going to do a little bit more than what we saw last season. So maybe that helps. Good point. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely. And Luca, Luca's kind of trending towards being one of those guys that you know is going to win a lot of games no matter who's on his team. You know. Yeah. Look at who they not, added last season and the yeah. lack of conversation that we had of where they were going to go with that roster. Right. 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 And you know, I'm not saying you know, you know, you know, big time first guy you think of that's his team's going to make the uh you know not a favorite to take his team to the NBA title or the you know the NBA finals every year or even the western conference finals but he could be one of those guys where you know if he's on your roster a la LeBron James a la Kevin Durant a la you know Kawhi Leonard he he may be good enough for 50 wins a season by himself you know at, at some point here soon he's he's legit you know, other world level player. So he could very well sneak up there a little bit higher than I'm giving him credit for, but I think third in the MVP voting is a good spot for him. I think he's a year or two away yet. It's not, and, it's not a terrible place to have him third, you know, right. cause I had him fourth last season. So even mm-hmm. if he goes to where you're projecting, he's still progressing in his third overall season in the NBA. Right. 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 And, you know, I think that if not the youngest, that would put him right in line with, with Derek Rose as one of the youngest MVPs ever. So, you know, they'd be saying a lot. I, I just think Steph Curry's got the the storyline behind him. I think if if he's if he's back to 100 percent where he was a couple of years ago, you know, top five in the NBA and scoring, hitting 353s, you know, blowing people's minds with the, the kind of half court shots and stuff that he hits. I think he very well could steal a lot of votes and end up end up walking away with the MVP. Now, I think that that Clay Thompson injury does a lot to hurt those chances but my producers which i don't have but i'm just gonna play my producers are telling me that right now in the waiting room we have one of the co-vice presidents of the off the ball network 
He is a man that doesn't need an introduction, but deserves one for all the great stuff that he does for our network. He is Mr. Up in Flames. He is a fellow shipmate of mine. Uh, I mean that with all due respect in the Navy. We don't like to call each other shipmate because it's almost a derogatory term. But I mean that in the most respectful of ways. Mr. Mo of the Up in Flames podcast is joining us live here on the show. And I invited him while you were... um, you know, filling in time because he brought up a good, he brought up the point about me saying all those nice flowery things about LeBron James. Mo, thank you for gracing us with your presence, man. How are you doing? Hey, I appreciate you for bringing me on real quick, but Steven, Mm -hmm. I can't believe that I actually got to witness and I thought I might've missed it because I I tuned in a little late. So that's what threw me off. I heard the MVPs and I'll Mm -hmm. rewind it real quick. I said, I don't hear LeBron James in my tripping. Like, I thought Austin was a little bit of a fan of LeBron. And then when you said, you know I what, am. y'all put him in the category of your own, Steven, I can't believe it. You gave LeBron that much credit, you put him in the category of his own? Yeah. Steven, really? It is what it – I mean, dude, it, it is what it is. I mean, like, it's really hard to argue. Look at look at how everybody was saying that this team is the biggest threat for the – like, literally every step of the way, everyone was like – the Portland Trailblazers because of their outstanding backcourt. You know, that's the one area of defense that the Lakers don't have a guy for with Avery Bradley not going into the bubble. Demolished them. Oh, well, mm-hmm. James Harden and, and Russell Westbrook, they have great guards too. They can take a stat. They can do better than those other two guys, right? These are MVPs. They're best friends. They have Mike D'Antoni. They got defensive-minded mm-hmm. guys on the team too. They threw them out. They didn't even get to see the Clippers. And I, I picked the Clippers to come out of the West. But, you know, they yeah. took the, the up-and-coming Denver Nuggets, and I don't think that anybody really gave them a fair shake because, I mean, they, they played over their heads last season, really. I mean, just being honest, they played over their heads, but they earned it and they deserved it. And then they went against the Miami Heat team that had a couple t- – I mean, you you like the Heat, Mo, right? So you know that they were without a couple of really key contributors to that team, but even at full strength, man, it would have just been so tough for them to go up against LeBron James. I still think that Giannis deserved the MVP because I think that the way the MVP is set up, it is to, you know, not always give it for the greatest player, you know, or the most storied player, but it's designed for the guys who step up statistically. You know, he, you know, his team did better in the West against the West than LeBron James Lakers did against the East. Right. But Mm -hmm. Mo, Listen to this, man. Everybody, you've and you've brought this up. That's why I want to have you here on the show. Everybody has dogged LeBron James for playing in that weak Eastern Conference, right? And then he goes out west. And then what happens? Kevin Durant goes out east. Russell Westbrook gets traded out to the east. James Harden is wanting out of Houston and all of his teams that he wants to go to are in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. what's happening man? like i think that he's dispelling this even that his you know quote unquote old age that it really doesn't matter where you put this man like yes he does have anthony davis and he's a bad cat he's a top five player in the nba right now in my opinion but lebron james has proven a lot of the stuff that people had against him in his youth in his advanced age wrong he's just wrong man yeah and that's kind of um i definitely agree with the fact you know, everybody kind of ran west. I don't want to say ran west, but you've seen a lot more stars in the Western Conference while LeBron was in the East. Nobody hesitated from signing that big contract moving from the Eastern Conference to the West. But now, like you said, James Harden wants out Eastern Conference. There's not a single Western Conference team on that list. Um, nope. 
Kawhi ended up coming to the West, but Kawhi came to make a statement, and I think he wanted to dethrone LeBron James fresh off of winning the championship I in agree. Toronto, you know, being the guy, being the number one player. You know, you had your guys like Max Kelly. Kawhi's the best player in the league. So I think, you know, he's never been a guy to run from a challenge, but basically the Eastern Conference ran through LeBron James, and now it looks like even year 18, the Western Conference runs through LeBron James. Like, they won the championship. They're the best team in the Western Conference. They they possibly have the best roster in the Western Conference this year, which They're is crazy. How you, yeah, you oh, win yeah, a championship and get better. Usually that doesn't happen. And, and it's going through LeBron James. Like you said, you have to give, you know, I don't want to say that and take away credit from Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis is a top five to seven player in the NBA. They're hands down the best duo. Um, it's not even mm-hmm. close. And AD is going to take the reins as far as, you know, being an MVP caliber player once LeBron James leaves. I think, like, it's a setup. But ultimately, is like the West. Now you go through the West, you have to go through LeBron James. And that, I think that was something nobody could do. Look how good the Hawks were that one year. They had everybody fooled and convinced this is going to mm-hmm. be the team to beat Cleveland. Can't do it. You know, uh, even uh, uh, who else? Mm-hmm. Toronto Celtics. was typically the best team in the East. Toronto was typically the best team in the Eastern Conference in the regular season. When they came to LeBron James, they lost in, what, six and got swept twice? Mm-hmm. You know, and these are teams that probably mm-hmm. could have went to the finals. You take away LeBron, even on that last year, you know, where they went to the finals. That Cleveland team had no business going to the finals. But I think at that point in time, LeBron just ran the Easter Conference, and he knew all he had to do was show up to the playoffs. It didn't matter where he was at. And that kind of that year showed it. They were, what, the third or fourth best team, I think, at the end of the regular mm-hmm. season. So I mean, LeBron traded away the whole team at the All Star break. Yeah, but but LeBron really is in a league of his own. Even in year eighteen, I still think he's you mm -hmm. know the crown has to be taken from him. I still think he's the best player in the league. But you know, just to hear Steven say it, like, and actually, like, he means it. He's not just saying it and Mm -hmm. like, oh, I concede. He's like, you know what, LeBron really is. And just to hear Steven put him in his own category is very surprising. It's well, just hard. Like, who's the next best guy in the league, Austin, next to LeBron James? Who's the next best guy? I guess maybe Giannis or Anthony Davis. You could make an argument for either of them. Maybe Luka Doncic. I don't know. It might be James Harden. <laughs> Are they as good Healthy? as LeBron or even close? Like, no. that's why he's on his own, man. Like, he's, that's what I mean. You could pick any of these, any of these guys that we have on this MVP candidates list, and say just about they might. You know, they could make a case for number two, but you put them side by side with LeBron, and it's just there's not even an argument to make. And how many of these guys tried to Austin, like Steph Curry, Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant, you know, um, Giannis, uh, you know, Luka Doncic even this year, you know, uh, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, like the guys that we had in this next tier. Like I didn't have Kawhi this high, you did, but you know, you look at him in that light, all these guys have tried their hand at at LeBron and. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think uh, Mo hit the nail on the head. Like it, the East ran through LeBron James and I think, Outside of of Giannis going to to the Mavericks next year or somehow teaming up with Luka Doncic, I think just about every big-time star player sees that if they want to win a title in the next two or three years, they're going to have to go to the Eastern Conference. They they don't want to have to go through the Lakers to to get to the finals. It just – Anthony Davis has kind of been on lock playing next to LeBron James. We've always known statistically he's great, but Mm -hmm. we've never really seen him kind of – take up that mantle as the guy. And I think he's the perfect, you know, duo guy to add to a duo with LeBron James. And I just, 
it is funny to see, you know, I, another thing he hit right on the head is Kawhi Leonard doesn't ever seem like the type of guy that's going to shy away from a challenge. And I think he legitimately did think he was going to go into LA and dethrone LeBron. And a lot of people did. And, and rightfully so. I mean, the last time we saw him before last year, that's a, he won the title. He, he knocked off the Warriors, regardless of how many injuries they had, they were still able to win that title, uh, a title that I don't think anybody thought Toronto was going to win. But at the same time, they were a, a miracle shot by Kawhi Leonard away from not even making the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, exactly. so a couple bounces here and there, and any of this could be different. But you can't really say that about LeBron James. I mean, he gives his teams the best chance to win a title every single year. Even the year they didn't make the playoffs with the Lakers when he, when he got hurt. Before he got hurt, if you guys remember that Christmas Day game, it was unreal you know they were uh i think they beat the warriors by like 24 points that game and, and they were dominating them at full strength and they were kind of on a little bit of a streak there and you know thanks mo for joining us i appreciate you coming on you know yeah just real quick off. mo had uh technical difficulties he we didn't we obviously didn't upset him he liked everything that we were saying about <laughs> right. this guy right so uh, well, no hurt no hard feelings or anything from him he just he's just having sure. technical difficulties culty is where he's at right now definitely definitely and one thing i did want to mention before he jumped off but i know he's still listening is i just think having a show with me for so long uh it's kind of rubbed off on you a little bit there in terms of your love for lebron you know it's it's hard not to love the guy i mean you it's can, you can admit it steven it's okay you're a fan uh so i pre like i'll put it like this it's the same thing i have kobe bryant like i rooted against kobe bryant like my whole nba love and life but I appreciate the greatness, mm -hmm. you know, same, same thing with LeBron James. I was I, a, a big LeBron ahead. fan, not a big LeBron fan. I liked him when he was in Cleveland the first time when he went to Miami, I got swept up in that whole narrative that he was the bad guy and mm -hmm. hated, hated him when he was in Miami. And then when he went back to Cleveland, I, I started to warm up to him and started to warm up to him. And I can remember where I was when they won that title against the Warriors in 2016. And, mm -hmm my roommate was sitting waiting for me to get off work. And he even said that he'd never seen me excited for a LeBron James win like that. And it just, it blew my mind that he was able to beat a 73 win team like that and do what he did and put up the numbers that he did. And I just liked him more and more ever since then. And then it was icing on the cake when he went to the Lakers, but you know, that, yeah, it was a foregone conclusion that when he would don that purple and gold, that you were going to be all about it. Exactly. Exactly. Anthony Davis too. Was, yeah. You know, but it's just it's one of those things, man, where like I don't I mean, I'm not old, like I just turned 30. Right. But I just I'm at the point now where I, I don't like the MJ versus LeBron discussion. anymore. Like, it's, it's tired, no, man. No like get it. Like, let's talk about something like, you know, that they're they're the only two guys. They're not the only two guys that ever play basketball. Right. Like, that's why I'm right. saying, like, Kareem doesn't get enough credit, nowhere near enough credit for mm -hmm. the amount of work that he's done on every level that he's ever laced them up at. And. There's so many other great players in basketball, man. And it's not like I want to take attention away from LeBron. It's just that I don't want to talk about him versus MJ anymore. Like, can we please stop doing that? <laughs> it's tired. Right. And I don't like the, the oh, well, Kevin Durant's rings don't mean as much as compared to, like, okay, guys, like, fine, whatever. Like, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I'm just tired of the weighted ring discussion. Like, it, you could argue that KD went to a team full of superstars and ended up being their best player. So, like, how does what does that mean? Like, you could argue, mm -hmm. well, yeah, the job is easier, but also, like, he went to a team that wasn't his and took over. 
you know, in, in key moments and was final MVP twice and a team full of stars that they could have went through another route and they just went with KD because it was the best route to go. Right. So I don't know. I hate the weighted ring. I hate the MJ versus LeBron. Like, let's talk about other guys in the NBA, please. Well, in terms of the, the KD to the Warriors thing, I know everybody gets all upset and up in arms because they blew a 3-1 lead to the Warriors the year before. But you, like you said, he went to a team that had a two-time reigning MVP and made him the second option. Came in yeah. and was and took over. And yeah, they he kind of screwed screwed up the math a little bit and made it easy easier to win a title. But you still have to get you still have to stay healthy. You yep. still have to get there, and you still have to beat. LeBron James twice and they beat him pretty handily and but he guarded it, LeBron James too. Mm-hmm. He guarded but it's, him. It's, it's almost a testament though to how great LeBron James is because we already said every team he goes to, he they're almost automatically the favorite. They, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to go deep into the playoffs. They're going to make the final. that. <laughs> look at the, look at the roster that the Warriors put together just to beat him. You know, Dude, we one can of the talk about how good Kyrie and Kevin Love were, but they weren't there. They weren't there that whole time. And, you know, we can talk about how he had Dwayne Wade and how he had Derrick Rose at some one point in those seasons, but they weren't the same Dwayne Chris Wade, Bosch, Derrick yeah. Rose. You know, Chris Bosh was there. He He's had a lot of great, a lot of great teammates, but every team that's won a championship has been made up of great players. It's just, exactly. there's hardly any. You know, the Mavericks in 2011 are about the only team that's had one all-star that ever won a title. I think one of Jordan's teams did it. Well, no, 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 no. And See, the Mavericks, they had they had Dirk Nowitzki, who's an all-star. Mm-hmm. They had Pejal Stoyakovic, who was an all-star. And I just really... made an all-star that season. Oh, okay. But, I'm sorry. I, I was yeah. going to say, like, we can run down that list. Well, like... they had, believe me, they had a, a loaded roster, you know, if you yeah. look at just overall throughout their careers. Yeah. But I just meant, you know, that season he was understand. I'm tracking, but, tracking. But, you know, Jason Kidd was an all-world point guard. They yeah. had, you know, like you said, Pejor Stoyakovich <laughs> went on one of the, the best hot streaks of shooting I've about ever seen in those playoffs. And, you know, Jason and Terry, one of the best six men ever. And let's be honest, LeBron James didn't know how to win then yet. He didn't, he hadn't figured out how to win a title yet. He didn't really understand what it took. And I think if you look throughout the history of the NBA, multiple time champions have had to come overcome some kind of, of struggle. They don't just come right into the league and start winning. You know, it just doesn't happen. Shaquille O'Neal, the first time he went to the finals got swept, you know, him and Kobe were together for several years before they won their three P. You know, Michael Jordan had to overcome the the Pistons. The Pistons had to overcome the Celtics. Okay. You know, it's it's always you know there's like stepping stones, and that's that's you know an interesting thing to think about in terms of Giannis Antetokounmpo too, because he's entering year what year nine, year eight or nine, that's and crazy. <laughs> that's right when Michael Jordan started winning his titles. That's right when LeBron started winning his titles. Yeah. So, you know, he's on pace. He's won two MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, and they've had the best record in basketball two years in a row. And he's Who gotten knows? better every daggum year. We we may just be, you know, prematurely writing him off as not, you know, not a, a Batman type. You know, I hear that all the time, Batman and Robin, you know. Uh, get out Maybe he is. I, 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 don't, I don't think so yet. I, I don't think he's shown reason to believe that he will be. He'd be but- a pretty daggum good Robin. Like right. I would, I would want to right. see who the Batman is, right? Right. Well, the Batman would have to be a, a, a Steph Curry, a Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic. like that. So you awesome. know, it would have to be somebody that's just 
not going to be overwhelmed by having him on their team and not be afraid to kind of take over for him. But, you know, there's a lot of interesting storylines surrounding. And it's hard him. at his position too, you know, to be that guy and to take over. Like Anthony Davis looks really good being a quote unquote Robin next to LeBron James. It's just hard if you're a, like a, a big to, to literally carry your team. It's, it's almost impossible if you can't create on the perimeter, shoot and get other people open on a consistent basis, it's hard to be your team's best player, no matter how good you are. Look at Shaquille O'Neal. I was just going to say, Giannis is like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's every bit as big. I mean, not, not physically as big, but he's every bit as tall. He just doesn't play in the post like those guys did. Yeah. And And Kareem had Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson. Right. Everybody, everybody talks about Kareem, but he doesn't, they don't really mention the fact that he played with the best point guard of, in history, you know, for a lot of those titles and, you know, that helps, you know, having a great perimeter player, no matter how much, how far back you look, even all the way back to Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell, those guys had all-star guards with them too. You know, I mean, Bill Russell's team was absolutely loaded. You you almost can't even really compare because there were like 12 teams in the NBA. They played in the 18 league. Yeah. I think he had four Hall of Fame teammates on some of those teams. And, yeah. you know, that was the reason they won all the time because they had all the best players. And I hate to say it. I don't want to sound like a prisoner of the moment or like recency bias. But Let it out, dude. It's late. It's late. We can talk about what I think. Want. I think these the guys that are, are the seventh, eighth, ninth guys on a lot of these teams today in the NBA would be the better would be some of the best players in the NBA 20 or 30 years ago. That's, that's spicy. That's spicy. I I was kind of scared to put that one out there, but I just, I just really feel that way. I mean, I see, I watched a lot of Daniel Tice would be like that dude back then. I don't know about maybe that's saying a little much, but he'd be, (laughs) I think he'd be, really good i think he'd sure. do really good he'd be like your you will purdue you know i mean just like demar derozan demar derozan is to me more athletic than just about anybody michael jordan played against other than maybe clyde drexler and dominique wilkins but you know you see guys like that all throughout the nba now you know gerald green is is as big and as athletic as as a, a dominique wilkins was he can jump out of the gym and there's four or five guys like that on every team. And yeah. I just think- my, my thing is with that whole athleticism thing is like, there's guys in the, in the league now that are athletes that are more athletic than the guys who actually are like MVPs. It's True. one thing to be athletic in the NBA. It's another thing to have that skill. So like, I, I get what you're saying like there, but to your point, I think that you could look at the top guys in the NBA and compare their athleticism to some of the older guys, right? Mm-hmm. And say that it's like, but now, I mean, Bill Russell, like people forget, like this dude was like, <laughs> he was also like very freakishly athletic for his time too. Like what like could, have been, could have been an Olympian. Like people don't talk mm-hmm. about that a lot. Like could have legitimately been an Olympian in his time. But like, I get what you're saying. I don't, I'm not as far as like, you know, six, seven, on you know on the team now back then but like certainly your top i think the top guys in any era can compete in any era like i I, I, I agree i agree definitely that the top top level guys i mean larry bird's gonna be larry bird no matter where you put him in in history i think and same with michael jordan same with lebron james you know those guys are guys that kind of transcend eras but i just mean like you know looking at the bulls 90s roster like the sixth sixth man of that team was judd bushler 
Like, yeah, we're certainly deeper, know, I would say. Yeah, we're certainly deeper that, that's this. kind of what I'm getting at. You know, like where in the history of the NBA has there been a Kevin Durant before? You know, and just if you put him in 1965 or 1975, just dropped him into an NBA game, people would lose their minds. Like they wouldn't know what to, what to do. And same Maybe with Kevin Durant. Like that, I mean, I'm like off the top of my head, just trying to list guys that are like of that Kevin Durant type. Mm-hmm. Larry I mean, Bird's Larry Bird's really the the best comparison that you have. And just real quick, a crazy Larry Bird story I heard the other day. Um, have you ever heard the time where he had a back to back and the, he decided to save his right hand for the next night? Yeah, he played he all, all left handed. Yeah, forty seven point triple double playing left handed. Yeah, that's and, just, you know, you hear stories like he comes, he would come into a locker room at an opposing gym and he'd get the ball boy to find out who has the scoring record in this building because I'm going to break it tonight. And then he'd go out and do it. And I, 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 I like hearing stuff like that. That, that kind of stuff interests me. Yeah. Um, and he, I love this. Like he would hate when, you know, he was guarded by a white player. He took that as mm-hmm. offensive and, you know, they, they, they kind of brought that up this past season when like Jimmy Butler was being guarded by Duncan Robinson. Like he, he brought that up mm-hmm. and everyone made that to be a bigger deal than really what it is. Like, right. You know, but you amongst know, and, friends, conversations are different, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then too, like something that I've been interested in recently that I've been reading about that I know you heard me talk about quite a bit, Stephen is there's actually a, um, a mathematical thing I'm reading. It's called the case for Dennis Rodman. Oh yes. Basically, yes. Basically, it's a big, long, huge, like 12 part series about why Dennis Rodman belongs in the Hall of Fame. And I won't get too into it. But one thing that was really cool that I took away from this article is statistically, it's less it's it's the the statistical, you know, likelihood of a rebounder like Dennis Rodman coming along they said uh, the season like he had 94 95 was his best rebounding year in terms of total rebounds in terms of rebounds per game rebound rate any way you want to look at it they said that a season like that statistically should happen once every 400 years and that they were able to they were able this guy was actually able to like compare how much better of a rebounder he was versus everyone else in the league to how much better of a scorer Michael Jordan was than everybody yeah. else in the league. And, and just to put this out there that the NBA was, you know, its inception was in 1949. So yeah, he, he's right. a little ahead, ahead of that 400 year. Right. Mark. And like the guy said too, now that he's come along the, the mathematical chance of it happening again, like skyrocketed, you know, so we'll never see a rebounder like, like Dennis Rodman, but they, they were able to, to figure out like, Basically, he's twice the outlier in terms of rebounding than Michael Jordan was in terms of scoring. And it matches up well because they both led the NBA in rebounding and scoring, you know, respectively, respectively 10 times. And so Michael Jordan was like his best scoring season was like three times better than what you'd expect the best scoring season to be. But. Dennis Rodman's best rebound season was like seven times better than the best rebounding season you would expect mathematically, just if you went off of averages. So, you know, this narrative too, that you hear all the time that Jordan didn't have the same level of teammates that LeBron had and all of that. It's, it's all, there's a way to kind of disprove all of it. So just the whole idea of of Jordan versus LeBron to me is pointless. We're never going to see it. We never, we never could see it. They never were in the league together at the same time. They're both incredibly, incredibly talented. 
whoever you want is one and two, you know, I, I can't argue against you. I just, I'm sick and tired of hearing it. Like, I don't even really want to hear any more of these comparisons of, of now versus the nineties. Like it's just, it's played it's, out, man. It's tired. It Very, you know, there was one that interested me the other day and you know, you, you can't even really make a good argument either way. It's is Patrick Ewing and Dwight Howard, you know, who, who's the better player. I mean, you can't really tell because the, the rules were different. They're playing a different game. You know, yeah. it's just appreciate what we have in front of us right now. Appreciate the fact that we've got a guy that's going into year 18 that is heading. I mean, every list you've seen, every list, our list, my list, your list, the ESPN list, LeBron's number one on all. And, and he's, he's going to be for, for he's probably like another couple of years. 38, if not 38 years old. Like he's, I think he's 36. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Well, then he's almost, he's 36, 37, somewhere around mm-hmm. that mark. I, I think that he's getting, I don't Still, know. I'm not, how many yeah, 36 year olds have ever been the best player in the league? I can't think of a one, right? Like, and he's got, he's already has the most all NBA team appearances compared to anybody. He broke Kareem's record last season. And I said, coming into the last season that LeBron James, before I just really got tired of it, I said, LeBron James is third all time behind MJ and Kareem. And I said that he has a chance to pass, you know, Kareem coming into the season. Now I'm just at the point now where like, I don't care. Like he's the best of this era. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just leave it at that, you know, like, and there's been some really good players, like hands down. Right. And I think that the NBA is in good hands too, Austin, with the, uh, you know, the up and coming guys that we have in the league. We touched on a lot of these guys, you know, um, your your Jason Tatum's, your John Morant's, your Zion Williamson's, you know, mm-hmm. the, your your Luka Doncic, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis. These are all guys that we're gonna have in the NBA for for a long time, man. And I just, uh, I'm. I don't want LeBron James to be gone yet, but I, at the same time, I'm also interested to see. It's always weird when the league transitions from like the one face to another of the league. And I'm just very curious. It could be in this next year's draft class with a guy like, you know, um, Suggs or Cunningham. Maybe they come in and eventually do become that face there. I think they're that talented, but mm-hmm. it's always interesting when we transition from one time in the league where one guy had his, you know, a death grip on it to where right. the other guy just kind of takes the reins. You know, and and that's a, a, a really, really good point. And it's, like you said, it's always interesting to see when guys, when the the, the mantle kind of gets passed. That's but when rules how, change. That's when how rules long, change. Right. How long has it been since the mantle got passed? I mean, how long has LeBron James been the number one guy? For over a decade, you know, about a decade at least. I mean, Kobe and, had it for a little bit, and then... And then gave it. Yeah, but you don't you don't really see guys stay that high on that list that long, you know. And like you said, though, eventually it, it's coming in the next couple of years. But the the NBA is in really really good hands, you know. If you just think twenty five and under, here's a here's a list of twenty five and under players. Just listen to this: Tyler Hero, Michael Porter Jr., Miles Turner, D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Clark, Mikal Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, OG Ananobi. John Collins, DeMontis Sabonis, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Ingram, Shea Gillagis Alexander, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brown, Zion Williamson, John Morant, Trey Young, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, Bam Adebayo, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic. Those guys and are all Giannis just turned 26. Yes. <laughs> so, so, I mean, just think about those those last five I've read off. Ben Simmons, Bam Adebayo, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic. Like, 
perennial year all stars. Like they're going to be in the MVP discussion for ten seasons. Like, and you know that's not even really mentioning Zion Williamson, who could very well be the best of all of them. When it, you know, before long here, we, we, and we're going to have a really good draft class this season too. Mm-hmm. Just touch on that. There are going to be about right. seven guys in this year's draft, also, and maybe five to seven guys that could have been the number one draft pick this last mm-hmm. season if you would have just right. plucked them out and put them in. And you know, I've I've actually started c- trying to up my game to to compete with you in terms of draft prospect knowledge. So I'm I'm getting there. I'm, I've been working on the top guys, and I mean, going through you know, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, looking at the trying to find their weaknesses. I mean, it's hard. It, it's yeah. hard to find weaknesses that these guys have. I mean, you really have to nitpick some of these guys, and I think we're we're about to have another boom in terms of NBA talent. I think we had one in the early 2000s. I think we're in the midst of one right now. And, you know, know, expansion may be on the horizon. They may go back to Seattle. I don't know. But just pretty soon having three stars on a team is going to be kind of the norm. the norm. Yep, exactly. So, uh, okay, I, from oh three to like oh nine, like that mm-hmm. stretch of drafts, like you could argue that maybe like maybe two drafts class out of that whole, you know, time frame produced right. some flops and duds. But overall, from oh three to oh nine, like that's like ninety percent of the top faces mm-hmm. of our game. Right, and then you know, just look the last few years, we've had you know, John ja Morant, Luka Doncic, Trey Young. Zion, Zion Jason Tatum, Joel. you know, all these guys just got drafted in the last few years. You know, Joel Embiid, you know, he's another one. Yeah. And it's just Devin Booker. You know, Devin Booker very well may lead the NBA in scoring this year. He could, you know, legitimately. And guys like Russell Westbrook and, and James Harden are going to start slowing down in the next couple of years. And, and these new faces are, are going to take over. It's just, it's amazing to me to think about where Carmelo Anthony is right now yeah. versus LeBron James where compared to where they were when they came into the league together. It's just, you know, Dwayne Wade's been out of the NBA for a couple years already. Yeah. Chris Paul LeBron's with the medical stuff. Though. Right. But LeBron's still on top of the mountain and his peers are hardly, there's hardly anybody from his draft even still in the NBA. Kyle Korver's and, still not on a team. Right. Right. It's just unreal. I mean, the longevity of him being on top is second to none. And I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. And I just think people need to appreciate it while it's here. Wholeheartedly agree. Mm -hmm. Well, Austin, man, like we just, I enjoyed this. This was nice that we didn't have a time limit. We just kind of got to cut loose and kind of get back to our roots a little bit, so to speak, if you will, just two guys that love basketball who also get to, know, get, you know, the, the ins and outs of it, not just, you know, I like watching this player. I like watching this player. You know, we provide you guys with analytical, you know, data, support, you know, all, all of that, everything good about the game of basketball, man. We try really hard to put here on the show and we get a lot of compliments saying we do a good job and it just humbles me so much, man. And right. I appreciate all that you do here for the show, man. Hey, thank you very much. You know, I love ranting and raving about my favorite NBA players and why I like guys and why I don't. And, I can talk about this stuff all night. You know, you just heard me kind of go off on seven different tangents about LeBron, but yep. you know, uh, this is the kind of like, and people that are listening need to realize like, this is what we do when we're not live on here all day. Yeah. Anyway, you know, we're always thinking about this stuff. Like uh, our VP, Jeff kind of put a bug in my ear about, you know, trying to maybe come up with my own advanced stats one day. And, 
and you know, I'm looking at it and it's, it's way mathematically above where I am intellectually right now, but you know, it's something that I like, you know, you can, Mm -hmm. you can do it if you care about it. If you care about it enough, you can do it. There's, there's some, there's some crazy smart guys out there on Twitter (laughs) and on Reddit that are looking into the game of basketball in ways that you, you and I can't even imagine. And it's literally raucous. Like look at John Hollinger. He got to be a general manager of a team and is now Mm -hmm. one of the most sought after minds, you know, as far as, you know, NBA media Mm -hmm. goes because he invented PER. Like that's his brainchild. And just to kind of get that out there real quick, I like PER, you know, I like those stats. I think it is a, a useful tool, but these guys now look at, at PER like it's nothing. Like it's a yeah. bad stat. Like they don't Play even really like they don't even really you know relate to it. It's like they have stats like win probability, like win adjusted win probability and wages of wins and like the on off stats are just insane. Like yeah. trying to figure out what the real value of players are. And I, I think I do think there's a level where it goes too far, but it's interesting to look at. It's an interesting piece of the puzzle for sure. Yeah. And we try to bring all of that and, you know, you know, the eye test, the analytics, the data, mm-hmm. the science, the, you know, the, the, you know, the barbershop talk, all of that. We try to bring all of it here on the show and um, it's just, it's fun to get to do. And, uh, you know, Austin and I were, we're kind of, we're kind of Iron Manning it right now. We just did a show with Lee Branscombe of hoopsprospects.com. Yeah. Shout out to Lee. Appreciate your brother where we wrapped up draft stuff. And Austin, you just mm-hmm. mentioned that you're getting into it more. That's awesome, man. Like this part I'm of this part of the NBA and, you know, we're, yeah. we're going to keep trying to be the best that we I can. At to, this. I used to have a real love for recruiting, you know, high school recruiting into college. And then it seems like every website you go to now, you have to pay for any of that stuff. So I kind of fell off it for a few years, but I, you know, just the, from what I've watched of the three or four guys that I've looked at so far, I'm, I'm getting back into it and I'm loving it. And, you know, it's a lot of eye test. It's a lot of, a lot of eye test right now because there's just not that much out there on these guys in terms of, you know, real competition. Like you said, high school stats are great, but. And you got to watch the game in a different way. You can't just mm-hmm. watch the game as a whole. Like you have to literally track a guy and right. like see what he's doing off the ball defensively, you know, mm-hmm. and see how and he plays. That. It's amazing that we even live in an era where that's possible. I mean, just four or five years ago, that kind of player tracking data and the data that like synergy and places like that have now, it's just, it wasn't available. And, you know, even back to what we were talking about with, with player efficiency rating, like possession by possession stats weren't really that available when that guy created that. And that yeah. just blows my mind even more. Like they were, they're able to like model what, these stats would have been in the sixties, even though they don't have the information for it. They're able to model within like 1%, you know, of being right. Or, you know, within one, like a one accuracy. Yes. And it's just, it's unreal. And, you know, like, like we always say, it's a mixture of the eye test versus the numbers, but you know, you can't plant your flag in one camp. You gotta, you gotta take it all into consideration. Right. And even like, like what we were talking about with Dennis Rodman, if you look at that, his PER for on those Bulls teams would have made him as the seventh best player on those teams. That's where his player efficiency, because player efficiency rating really heavily values scoring. Whereas, you know, I mean, that's the name like, of the game is putting the ball in the hoop, right? So true. true. But you know, so is creating extra possessions and so exactly. is, 
you know, taking away possessions from the opponent. And one of the really cool things that I thought was that, that I read is almost everybody that's a great offensive rebounder isn't that great of a defensive rebounder or vice versa. They're yeah, really good weird, at one right? and not as good at the other. Dennis Rodman is is like far and away the number one offensive rebounder and defensive rebounder of all time. Like oh, and he could check your best offensive right. record. And, you know, what it was either Jordan or Pippen said that he's the best on-ball defender they've ever played with. I mean, yeah. and there's just, there's not, uh, not a good mathematical way to really to tell that. And, Here but we get him in the Hall of Fame. One of, if not the best player in the NBA, and Michael Jordan went to Las Vegas and knocked on his hotel room door and went and grabbed him because they needed him to win. So, like, right. that, that gets you in the Hall of Fame. Think about that. You're in in between game two and three of the NBA Finals. You sneak away for an afternoon to go be on WCW with the, with the New World Order <laughs> on national TV with Hulk Hogan. And then that night, you're in a casino with Carmen Electra, and the next morning, Michael Jordan shows up at your hotel room to pull you back to Chicago for for Game Three. And like, your body is functioning on God knows what, right? Right. And then you go into Game Three, and I think have 18 rebounds or something ridiculous. You know, it's just it's it's the stuff of legend. But he definitely, you know, I won't keep talking about it, but he definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Anybody who watches has, has ever watched them should. I think Stephen. I think you belong in the Hall of Fame too. You're you're a class act. You're a great a great co-host. We we do we do have a lot of fun with this. It was fun to do this and not have to worry about the time and worry exactly about you know what we're talking about and kind of just ramble. And I think too, like the the fact that we we're timed so much. Like there were times where we would plan and we would still be talking right now about the stuff that we already covered. Like we've only mm -hmm. been on, I say only we've been on for an hour and 20 minutes. Right. And we would have like sat down and set a show schedule and would have gone past this now. So I think oh, that by far, <laughs> right. So nice I think to get it out of our system. Yeah. It's really good just to kind of give this bonus content and kind of get, like I said, mm -hmm. get back to our roots a little bit, but um, Definitely. Austin, man, it's been a pleasure as always to work with you, man. Um, outside yeah. of basketball, is there anything that you kind of want to let the the audience know? Well, I've got my uh, my NFL podcast. It's called Sharp Money Fantasy. It's fantasy football, fantasy, uh, you know, sports betting. Um, you know, that's brought to us by Monkey Knife Fight. They're uh, one of the, the great affiliates that we have for that show. So definitely go on there and check those guys out. Um, but, uh, you know, Scott and I do have a lot of fun with that. And Y'all do, do great work, man. I, I appreciate that. Scott, Scott kind of makes me look good on that show, so. And I just I try to fill your role of being the host and let him impart his knowledge on the fans. But, uh, you know, it's easier said than done for sure. You've got big shoes to fill. And he doesn't make fun of you the way that you make fun of me on top of that. Right. True. So he, True. You, you, you got kid gloves on right now. Just put. That oh, yeah. There. He'll he'll get there. He'll get there. He's he's pretty high on uh, he's pretty high on his bills. But so am I right now, too. So. Everybody will, is right now. I will say too, for anybody who cares, we did just live stream a fantasy basketball draft earlier today. You can go check that out on Off the Ball Network. There was four or five guys that were on there. I wasn't on the live stream, but I am part of the draft. Um, so you had a great draft, man. Hey, I appreciate that. I think so too. I think you know, Sergi Baca was my last pick or second to last pick. So I could have done a lot worse. Um, yeah. And that so, speaks I'm a lot, excited but, about it. You know, it was a lot of fun for sure. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if everybody's willing to put in that kind of effort for a whole basketball season. It's a lot of, a lot of updating your roster and your lineup. So, but it's a shortened season. There are only seventy-two True. games True. this season. Ten so. fewer games this time. So. Ten fewer games. 
Well, cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we do the CU Sunday show on, um, you know, for the, it's an exclusive off the ball network show that, you know, that couch coach and I kind of co-host together where we have a rotation of guys and, and gals, uh, circulate in and out. And, um, it's a lot of fun. We'll be up on, you know, Saturday mornings, uh, most likely at 11 a.m. Eastern time um, is kind of our typically airtime. So just go to Off the Ball Network on Twitter. It'll stream there. We'll have it stream into my Facebook, my individual Facebook page into the Off the Ball Network Facebook page as well. And um, yeah, and, I, you know, our other vice president, Jeff Hunt, has a lot of stuff in the works. I think we're going to be opening up like a versus style show soon where, you know, I'm we'll debate. Yeah, we're. I'll try my best to be as, you know, confrontational as possible, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll work on it with you a little bit. All right. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't swear. So, you know, well, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be perfect. Occasionally I do, but like by and large, I don't. So right. um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how, what route <laughs> this show takes. Are you going to be, are you going to be Skip or Shannon? Ah, man. I don't even know if I can be out. I, I don't know. Like I, I, if I have to put myself in a hole, I'll probably think I'm probably more like a Colin or a Max as lame as corny as that sounds like that's probably as close as I'll get. I like, I like Max. I think Max makes some good points. I think Max gets stuck because Stephen A is such a, a big personality. Max kind of, Max kind of gets stuck taking whatever side that he doesn't take. I think Stephen A kind of, kind of dominates that show a little bit, but well, he is like the highest paid, you know, inter- right. like entertainment personality that right. talks about sports. So yeah, they got to make him but look good. <laughs> that's, that sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see how that goes for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that you'll get an invitation to be on there too. But other than that, you know, go check out off the ball network.com. Got a lot of my analytics for everything. There you go. Um, off the ball network.com for all your sports needs. The guys, you know, all, you know, all the guys on there do a great job. Um, mm-hmm. you know, again, I'll just put a plug for our show. Austin and I, we just recently, um, debuted on dash radio on the nothing but net channel it was a lot of fun having Shannon Walsh of the belly up sports yeah. network on there. She's the department lead for the NBA side. And, uh, we had her on our debut show, which aired this last um, Friday. This Monday will be the episode that we recorded today with Lee Branscombe of hoops, uh, hoopsprospects.com. And we'll, we're on every Monday and Friday. Yeah, Draft Guru. He is our Chad Ford, so to speak. Yes, he is. You know, we we air every Monday and Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific. And that's key driving home hours, Austin. Yes, it is. somehow, We somehow landed drive time for our first ever, you know, radio gig so we're doing something right yeah and it's, it's, it's a blessing and like i said i'm humbled every time someone ever oh, wants to, to do anything with us the man. fact that we can even get guests to come on this little show that we put together here i think is pretty awesome yeah we're 30 episodes deep together by the way like i've been doing right. the game with steven gillespie for like mm-hmm. almost probably close to a year now and mm-hmm. uh you know but austin and i we're only 30 episodes deep working together right. which is crazy seems like we've been doing this forever yeah it feels that way man and uh time flies and it's easy when you got a a good co-host like you so and you too man (laughs) (laughs) but anyway um uh austin dude well let's uh as couch coach says let's let's put a bow on this man yeah let's let Um, people get out of here yeah but um appreciate you guys thank you so much we just we had to get this out of our system we had fun Mm -hmm. doing this project we put a lot of time effort and energy in it 
And, uh, you know, we want to, we want to finish what we started and, uh, it was good right. just to be able to ramble and not have to worry about saying everything correctly in the right amount of time. So right. this sure. was basically sure. therapy for us. <laughs> it is. It is. You guys are privy to our, you know, our live, uh, counseling sessions that we do every week here. So that's really what it is. Yeah. And you don't have to pay for counseling. So there you go. Right. And it's <laughs> beneficial to our wives too, because we don't have to blow them up about all this stuff that we want to talk about too. My wife does. She's a sweetheart, man. She tries to keep like she's asked about the show, and I'll explain it. And oh, mine you know, too. She's actually been on the show before, which was really mm-hmm. cool. So yeah, it was awesome. She, she, did, she did well. Yeah, absolutely. We got to have the wives on. We, one day we just need to have Ariel and Brianna on and just do a show together. Start the show and not tell anybody and just have them on there. Yeah, that would be so fun. <laughs> all right, cool. man. Well, all right, let I'll let you get out. I'll let everybody get out of here. You guys all have a good night. All right. Well, for you guys, the listeners, the viewers, uh, you guys have been awesome. Austin, you're great as always. Appreciate everything that you do. Um, So for Austin, for me, for the Off the Ball Network, for Dash Radio, for the Nothing But Net channel, for everything in the world of basketball, we have been the Breaking the Game podcast. We appreciate all y'all do. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Much love, everybody. Have a good one.